confession to make Eleni. What is it? I finally got Animal Crossing. <laughs> Congrats. I'm never going to be the same person ever again. Um, I have put, let's see, I got it. Okay, so backstory. I originally only bought a Switch because I wanted to play Animal Crossing. And I waited until Animal Crossing like was a Nintendo thing, like until was a Switch thing to get a Switch. Right. I've I've had it mm. for the DS. I've had it for the GameCube. I love I love me some Animal Crossing, and so I didn't want to switch until I could get Animal Crossing. But like, that means that, <laughs> uh, when all of this happened, I had neither a Switch nor Animal Crossing at the beginning of uh, the pandemic, and so it just turned into this whole thing where it's like, oh shit! Well, now I need it. But then when I finally got a Switch, I didn't like. When I when I ran away to California for those months, hmm. I I didn't bring my switch with me. <laughs> it's just it, it's been this whole thing of just like putting it off. But finally, the other day, I I finally sat up in bed and I was like, I can be a proud owner. I would not harp on this. I me would not harp on this if it weren't for the fact that I just <laughs> got it and I am so better. I am so much better for it because Elena, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Nothing makes me happier. <laughs> Nothing makes me happier than this goddamn that's, game. That's a bit sad. <laughs> no, you have no idea. It makes that's me so sad. happy. You need to let me have this. <laughs> okay, you can have it. Sure. Like, I had to... I, I I can still see it from where I am sitting. And I'm low-key tempted to just get up and go over. I... <laughs> Elena, you don't understand. No. I opened a museum. No. 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 I've only downloaded Animal Crossing once, and I played it for, like, a couple hours, and then I deleted it because I could not get into it. Also, I've never heard of it and had had no idea how it was supposed to entertain (laughs) me. (laughs) I'm I'm sure, I'm sure it means... It, it's much more fun than I initially thought, but yeah, I don't think it's been me. <laughs> and you know what? The, I'll, I'll play Sims. It's okay. Sims is also very good. Yeah. Oh man. I just, I love games specifically that center around the concept of, of that much level of management and that much level of inventory management and like Anything that lets you feel like you are an autonomous person in a space that respects and values your time and energy. Does it, though? Does it, though? Uh, Well, as I live under capitalist Tom Nook, I just, I lay in bed at night and go, I will overthrow this raccoon. But that's fine. (laughs) 
It's fine, Elena. I am handling it super well. <laughs> Wipe away your tears. <laughs> Everything is so much. I just want to play video games. I'm tired of being a person. I'm tired of believing. Go that right ahead, man. I, I have better things to do with my life. It's fine. Right? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's so fine. It's completely fine. Uh, yep. Everything is still a mess. It's it's a bit better. Question mark. Animal Crossing. I mean, hey, listen, Animal Crossing is definitely going to get me through the rest of this year. Uh, I didn't realize that there would be seasons. I should have guessed it, but I because I was like, oh, we're on an island. There will be no seasons. There will be seasons. I will get snow eventually. Okay. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's fine. TM 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 TM. How are you? Should we introduce our guest? <laughs> Oh, yes. I saw- <laughs> no, we're I'm just going to cottagecore harder over we'll here. Just, you can wait, Devil. <laughs> we're just going to talk for another hour about Animal Crossing. I just want to, this is now an Animal Crossing podcast. <laughs> Yay. Yay, we have a yes. guest. <laughs> hello. Hello, I'm Debo. Uh, my official name is Anna, yes. but I don't like when people call me Anna. Debo is more friendlier version of my name. It's short and last name. So about Animal Crossing. About Animal Crossing. Is this a game about <laughs> animals breeding or something like that? Because you would it sounds think. like that to you me. You would think. <laughs> Are you a breeder? <laughs> Are you breeding different animals? No, I just, I fish a lot. I do a lot of gardening. <laughs> I, I contemplate and run around in circles. I get a lot of fresh air, but only in a in a virtual context. It's um it's very wholesome and it satisfies deep parts of my life. <laughs> you basically plant and then go fish and then, and then you get to talk and... to people and you get to run missions and then you just hang out and sometimes and you can go swimming now. It's so good. That's the saddest game I've ever heard. Yep. <laughs> Kinda. You have angered an army of dedicated and loyal Animal Crossing fans, and we will have our revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, I think this army is too sad to fight, but okay. I wasn't expecting this intro to get this far away from me, but I legitimately am very excited to have Animal Crossing. Zibo, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and I'm Elena, and I'm Zibo. And this is Bet You Wish This Was an Art Podcast. Welcome. welcome. But truly, Zeva, welcome. <laughs> yes. Introduce yourself. Tell us uh, your background, uh, how you know us, and yeah, just who, who are you? Who are you? Who the hell are you? So, who the hell am I? Who is anybody? What we are doing in this life? We uh, two don't big know. questions. Is this Matrix? Is this real? <laughs> Where are we going? Where did we came from? Are we Cotton Eye Joe? Are we aliens? Are we human or are we dancer? Well, I don't know. That's the only question I want answered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm human because I'm not dancer, because yep. that's the only that's, two choices yes. uh, killers gave me. But right now, all I know that 
I am cultural studies major and I'm here on this podcast, believe it or not, to talk about cultural memory (laughs) and not about game about animal breeding. What? This is an educational podcast. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) You would not not expect it, but it is. So uh, I've been studying in high school, apparently, and I've been studying in University of Tbilisi about um, cultural memory. To talk about cultural memory, we should talk about memory itself first. So we most like most of scientists divide individual and collective memory. I mean, purely individual memory doesn't exist in the nature Mm. because all the information we know comes from somewhere else because we are like a living organism the human race all everything goes through us with us and we help each other we like it or not nobody's like fully independent maybe someone in the jungle is but we don't part mm-hmm. we don't consider them part of civilization apparently apparently they could be wisest they could be smartest but we don't know so uh collective memory uh is a much more complex thing than individual memory uh, the term itself started in 20th century and uh, since then people have been uh, working on it studying it because uh, it, it has huge impact on human race and it could be the best thing that could happen to us and it could be the huge threat to human race because politicians, countries and uh, other big uh, strong organizations use it ag- Entities, yeah. yeah. Use it against uh, some nationalities, some ethnic groups or other it uh, it's overchanging and um some people mm-hmm. think that uh, cultural memory collective memory and historical memory of the group is the same thing but they are totally different uh collective memory is like a one big term mm-hmm. for varieties of uh, memories but uh, collective memory um, and uh, cultural memory are not the same cultural memory is more specific type of memory and uh, uh, it has um, and it has and played negative or positive part throughout the history the thing about collective memory is it's that it's uh, always changing and going forward. It never stays the same. It's based on present times. So if the historical facts change only based of uh, some work or new facts or uh, new things that scientists have found or discovered, uh, collective memory never so stays it's more the same. fluid as opposed to like very uh, static yes. history. Yes, it's more fluid and it's much more complex. The thing about uh, collective memory is that uh, in uh, previous times when mm. uh, it was not as important part of society as it, it as it is now, uh, it was not uh, as important as it is today. In, in previous times, only like several people have. Uh, 
kept some facts about humanity. Most of those facts were about politicians, monarchs, mm. uh, uh, battles, and uh, anything else than uh, a society itself. And uh, now, in collective memory, people keep the facts. People uh, make uh, the places, the deep monuments, the artifacts, mm. and another things which keep the history and change the course of history itself. Um, how much of that uh, like also attributes to the ways that we collect memory, for example? Like the fact that we used to be able to just scribe things, like you'd have to be able to read in order yeah. to write, and, and that is complicated. But with education and the fact that we have um, the internet, you know? Of course, yes. Um, globalization uh, played a huge part in collective memory because even if collective memory existed uh, like uh, in 20th or 19th century, of course, as usually, uh, like it's not a new thing. The meaning and importance of collective memory is a new thing. Mm. But now when globalization started, uh, the co collective memory like travels throughout the world it's not one person's problem anymore it's everybody's problem because we have turned into one uh, more or less one uh, mm. society with the same problems with the, the same uh, solutions and uh, more or less yeah more or less yes because there are still like societies who hold completely different views than us and are still like maintain their difference yes. uh, difference and um their yeah, uniqueness still yeah. not yeah globalization while it's happening and it's apparent that it's happening there are still uh, a lot of differences between cultures well what, what's curious to me about it is that globalization is also just a, a development from colonialism in in a way yeah it's just yes. it's less there's there's more violent it's less violent yes yeah exactly it seems like less violent but the thing is that uh, people could fight colonization but i think it's impossible to fight globalization it's it, it's it is happening and you can like turn it into something that you can work with and use it for your profit but mm -hmm. uh, it's not something that you can stop i mean there are some countries who are trying to stop it like north korea but the um china ways yeah yeah, the China, I think that China is trying, but still the information goes through. Yeah, of course. How, so in terms of collective memory, yes. does the, or like, especially for cultural memory, the, the fact that propaganda and um, just yes. news and art and monuments, especially monuments, I think is what we're going to talk about the most, which is why I think personally why I find it super interesting, but but more specifically, where it can be very dangerous yes. and also very helpful in terms of building a community and even in a global system, how you can tie all of these, how you can create all of these bonds, uh, which tends to be very necessary or in collective memory. 
Yes, uh, cultural memory is like more specific type of collective memory. Oh, I should emphasize that uh, uh, bad is bad or good cultural memory is. Uh, I mean, it's fictional. It's uh, artificially created by human race, and it has its purpose and its needs. But uh, um, in the it is created by collective, uh, like collective free choice or government's propaganda it could be manipulated and used against you because uh, we have a lot of um, examples when government or other like strong historical figures have used cultural memory to degrade and to control some kind of uh, some kind of a group of people, countries mm. or societies, like in Soviet Union, people have been using cultural memory, the, um, the places of memory to um, control people, and it had a huge impact. And till this day, I can say that uh, culture it still has some kind of strong impact on uh, our generation, yes. Well, considering you're our generation that still learned Russian. Yeah, um, I... But we're kind of the last-ish. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I'm the one of the last generations who have learned Russian because people who are younger than me, like four or five years, already don't know Russian. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yeah. Uh, because, well, even if, even though it's like a neighbor country and whatever, it's still like now it's more people don't want to learn it. So it's like trying to back away from that. Uh, shocking. <laughs> I wonder I wonder where all this animosity would have come from. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the, the, uh, the aggression about Russia not only comes from the fact that they've, uh, they've tried to uh, take away Georgian language as official language, but uh, till this day, uh, some uh, citizens of Russia uh, are annoyed and pretentious when some people refuse to talk in Russian. And uh, huh. this is uh, yeah. very unhealthy to us. And we, we are kind of protesting uh, against this kind of attitude, not only for the government, but uh, from the people itself, too. Yeah. You can't, you can't go to another country and demand that they speak your language. It's very well, imperialistic kind of thinking, and we don't tolerate that. Ah, uh, you've not met an American then. <laughs> yes, yes. Saying, well, after Trump, no one considers America that not only great in the future but uh we people understood that it has never been great <laughs> yeah yes and isn't that so to talk then that's that's another thing that's so fascinating about cultural memory is yeah. the that it's not just your country believing in something it's it's how you can propagate that perspective across the world and in the u.s we always had the benefit of being right there at the right time during the right wars right like we we have this whole war to to stop things and we can have this whole collective memory yeah. and cultural memory of being heroes or quote unquote heroes and all of this is important and all of this is necessary and therefore we then can claim to have been the reason why Europe survived in the way that it did 
whether or not that's true or not entirely depends on who you talk to. And depending on the, um, the age of the person you're speaking with or their, their military ties, like we're a very nationalistic country. Even me, who's, who's Spanish um, and a liberal and a this and that, the fact that I grew up in a school system and the fact that I grew up in a country that celebrates heroes, that celebrates the military, that celebrates victories in battle, there's a part of me that still will always not bow to it, but mm-hmm. a sen- like, but that kind of mentality of I, de- I defer to it, I yeah. I. I am really attached to the memories and the ideals and the glory, the capital G, quote unquote, glory of American (laughs) soldiers. For example, I cry at every welcome home veteran video, regardless of what they came home for, what they've done, what they're celebrating. If If it's person in uniform shows up anywhere... I start crying. And a lot of that is only if there's a dog. <laughs> but but that to me is like what kind of started me thinking about this this collective memory and this cultural. I don't have anyone in my well, no one in my family has been deployed in my lifetime, but because of the fact that my my grandfather was in the navy, my stepfather was in the navy, all of my uncles were in the navy. There's there's this like built-in tradition into my family. And even though none of us as children or the, the, the following generation have any deep connection with a military background, Ish, there's yeah. still that level of respect and there's still that level of like... Of course. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's like sacred to your culture. Yes. Yes, exactly. Which is weird to think about because in any other context. I don't think it's weird. I think uh, there's nothing wrong with nationalism and patriotism as long as it's not, you know, chauvinistic. If you don't think that other cultures are garbage and yours is the best and you don't uh, criticize, um, empathize how much better you are and no one compares with you, if it if you keep your healthy attitude towards nationalism and your cultural heritage, there's nothing wrong with, prouding, with being proud and mm. uh, being sensitive yeah. to it. Every time I hear um, like a very emotional poem about Georgia I always have goosebumps even if it's shitty I always <laughs> do because uh, it's built in uh, in our culture from like a very early age we knew poems and songs by heart about our fallen heroes how they've poured our blood uh, in order to save us and uh, even the lands that are then taken away from us we haven't seen those lands and I don't know the people who have died for me but uh, every time something happens I worry about it uh, as if it's my own blood because uh, nation is like uh, not the people you know it's like the society inside your head and it's like true society because you are under the same culture you are under the same country 
and uh, um, the healthy thing is not considering that uh, uh, every culture is as uh, close to you as yours it's understanding that uh, as like you love your mother you imagine someone else loves their mother as much yeah mm-hmm. even the mothers are different even they have their plus and their uh, minuses. I mean, as long as you understand their feelings and their lo- and their love and their emotions, it's okay. Because we all carry that kind of memory inside ourselves. And I don't think that we should like get rid of it to be the part of the new world or globalization. Anything that you believed in can be still healthy and good as long as you respect others who are not like you. The thing with globalization, even though like a lot of cultures are uh, being intertwined or look starting to look alike in some ways, there's still going to be things that that affect us on individual level that that are more like individual memory in that sense and uh, social memory uh, that are always going to be different so there's not going to be one whole uh, globalization where every single person is going to be the same so that also adds to it like it, it it diversifies uh culture as well even even though it is coming closer to being like similar to each other cultures uh, and cultural memory is still going to exist and still going to be different in different places of the world anyways. I think that you are right. And I think that uh, because of globalization, cultural memory will become stronger in order to keep their individual cultures and faces. Uh, things that I think could have disappeared naturally would never disappear because now they see the clear threat of assimilation and uh, now when they see that they could blend in with other cultures and uh, lose the individualistic part of their culture, they would never let this go. They would talk. Yeah, they'll cling it. on to yeah, it. They will cling on to it and they will uh, keep everything and won't reconsider keeping it because they know that, uh, I mean, threat is real. It's not, uh, um, I don't think that someone evil in the cabinet is trying to destroy all the cultures. I think it's uh, happening by itself. <laughs> it's yeah, a natural process, yes. It's And it's new challenge to humanity. And humanity always needs new challenges because if we stop getting better, then we'll just start getting worse. Yeah. We should. That's true. Yeah, I honestly think think that we always need. I don't want a challenge to be global warming, but <laughs> but I mean, if anything yeah, was to rally us not. together, fingers crossed. Um, I think that's why the fact yeah. that the study of cultural memory is so centrally concerned with the relationship between like the past and the present, and even more crucially, the ways that like different groups and societies can remember or rework or bury or forget certain aspects of their past in order to make sense of their current future, of the current present. Um, And why then there's that obsession with memory and that obsession with remembering because it 
coincides with the fear of forgetting and that aim for authenticity. Yeah, forgetting is never good anyways. It's always good to keep in mind what has happened for it to to avoid falling into that again. And we've seen uh, a lot of same things repeated across history in different parts of the world because people did not remember what what had happened before and the same thing happened over and over and like now it's it, it's still happening you know it's we're still falling down the, the rabbit hole again because people forget the signs and forget to look at the history and what what has already happened erasing the past is one of the easiest way to take control of people and that's kind of what like soviet uh union did what they tried to do was erase everything in the cultures that they that they conquered quote unquote and they tried to change the architecture change the art styles change monuments change everything language like like we said religion um, religion especially yeah um and that resulted in to even today in in Georgia as well like we're we've been we were under the rule of the Soviet Union for so long that now that we have been independent for like what is it 30 years now uh, I think it's, it's already 40 yeah <laughs> 40 years <laughs> 40 years uh math um I mean I mean for it's been 40 years since the the process started not officially the yeah. 40 but uh, uh, in the end of uh, uh, like when the 80s started the uh, rebuilding of uh, the Soviet Union and uh, people get trying to get out of it the process started that's why I said 40 yeah yeah um, and that process kind of still going on we still don't we're still quite confused about our identities because it has been tried to be, uh, it has been reshaped uh, so much during the conquering and during our time in the Soviet Union. They tried to change our ideals and our minds and our culture entirely. So now uh, we and our parents and probably next generations are experiencing that, um, that, confusion of identity that is just kind of passed down to each person because we still don't know how to take care of our ourselves that well because we didn't have to for so long because we were being controlled and uh, manipulated for so long so that kind of builds into what i was trying to say that erasing uh the past erases your culture and you forget uh who you were and you it's it's harder later and you might risk the chance of repeating history again yeah that's that's very true because uh, uh as in cultural memory the soviet union and before soviet union uh um georgia was uh russia's like official property so and in cultural memory society society has lost uh, how to be independent country how to be separate and not uh expect uh, saver helper parent yeah. or someone 
That's why it's hard um, for us till this day. Uh, the most of people are expecting someone to help them, save them, and uh, don't do anything to fix their life because yeah. the idea of um, the country, uh, the small, weak, uh, uh, assaulted country never leaves their mind. But now the Yeah, now other generations are trying to um, fix this problem, but it doesn't go as uh, fast as it should be. No, it's going to take a long time till we fully get back on our feet if it doesn't get ripped out from under what's us. The, what's the current... So as a, as a culture, what are, what are conversations that people are trying to move away or towards? Or is it... Do you see a matter of like trying to to invent a Georgian past or a Georgian future? Are you looking towards how much better you were with or without uh, Russian control? Or is it trying to invent what it would look like in the future if you were removed from? Uh, it's, it's like um, they are glorifying the past. Mm before the some people are glorifying past before russia some people are glorifying past uh, during russia when they were not free but they were wealthy and uh, they think think they were safe and uh, um, because of the materialistic situation they preferred soviet union even though um, they fought for the freedom. They kind of regret uh, fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm. um, in, cultural, um, in cultural studies, the, this is called a uh, specific term. It's called trauma of victory. When you had some kind of aim, you reached your aim, but you did not expect the outcome they expected that when we when we would live soviet union would be rich wealthy strong with no problem but um, they did not expect the other things for example the wars and uh, poverty and uh, still being the enemy of uh, our northern neighbor so huh. I mean, uh, it, it is kind of um, society's mistake because uh, they did not uh, think logically. They thought more romantically than logically. And it is uh, our collective memories problem because it, uh, it's never going towards future. It's always glorifying the past. Either that past or the past of the Georgian Golden Age, which was like eleventh um, mm -hmm. century, century yeah, eleventh yeah. century, yeah, or even like before. Like we have a lot of uh, golden uh, artifacts that were found in architectural um, architectural grounds uh, or archaeological grounds, and the, these are from BC, a long, long time ago. Uh, and these are also like very heightened and very like, oh, look, this is what our people made back then. And this is this this is what true uh, richness huh. of Georgian culture is and kind of trying to emanate it and kind of trying to re repeat it. And that's especially like when 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 you consider uh, museums and what they are communicating 
Um, it's either they're glorifying that past uh, before BC or they're glorifying kind of early night, early uh, 2000s or no, early 20th century. But when those artists were kind of like, quote unquote, rebellious against the Soviet huh. Union. But those most of those artists are were, were killed or uh, had to change their style to fit the Soviet norms. But yeah, they're still like put up on a pedestal because is it for their for, is it because of the fact that they tried to defend quote unquote a a version of yeah. Georgian ideals or is it because well it was because of the because they were uh expressing their artistic like creativity and they were trying to actually explore what they wanted to do like what they wanted to either write or sculpt or paint or any other medium of art but yeah a lot of them were uh murdered or sent to siberia essentially murdered uh, or essentially murdered yeah and their um, families were murdered too zibel i have a question um yeah. in terms of cultural memory yeah. how where do martyrs play in it because I feel like that would make a very strong bond if you have somebody that dies for a thing you believe in. Um, is there is there like anything specific? Yes, uh, in cultural memory, the huge part of Georgian cultural memory, like I think in every cultural memory, is the uh, heroes who have died for for the cause. Uh, even today, you, uh, people are reminded that there is the day when uh, Georgian heroine Madame Magashvili has died. Uh, she was uh, a student who has fought uh, um, Russian Soviet army before. Uh, we became um, a part of Soviet Union and they have slaughtered uh, school children and the students who fought against them. So they are glorified and they are remembered and uh, it seems like um, in uh, this uh, collective memory uh, the idea that you should sacrifice yourself and your life and your freedom for your country is the best thing you mm. can do. So you are kind of prepared to be, you know, victim of uh, political games in the future, which is sad, but true. Mm -hmm. We have even, me and Tebo have been to Lithuania and uh, they're ki kind of the same in that regard, like very lost from, from the freedom or like very depressed from what has happened. Yeah, they're kind of in the same situation. Love you, Lithuania. <laughs> Love you, Lithuania. Too. They they are very like uh, very similar country to Georgia because we understand the mental state yeah. they're in because their collective memory is huh. very similar to yeah. us, except that uh, Christianity started much earlier in Georgia, but the rest of history is like uh, all the uh, drama and the murders and the heroes and the blood. It's been very like. Because uh, we had the same enemy and the enemy had the same strategy. So it's not that surprising mm -hmm. that we have yeah, similar exactly. history. I still think that's 
super interesting. It is super interesting, yeah. Yes, and now the sad part about uh, the modern cultural memory is that uh, we are only going to the far, far past, but not recent history. Uh, they don't uh, teach about independent uh, Georgia um, in school um, or universities if you don't take specific subjects they we don't have historical books about it uh, hardly ever there are some kind of documentaries they don't try to empathize the heroes who have fought for georgian freedom and there were a lot of heroes and there were a lot of dead people and uh, of course th they only like take one specific parts of it but mm, not like fully committing to mm, the recent history events because yeah. they, they still haven't figured it out, you know, how to write it. They haven't figured out how the narrative of it, if is the Russia enemy or is some kind of uh, bad Russians enemy, not the whole country or the uh, only some kind of uh, soldiers. They don't know because uh, it's kind of toxic relationship between two countries because uh, still older generation acts help from uh, Russia. They expect uh, to be saved, they expect to be fed, they expect to uh, help any kind of, and they still think that they are our closest friend, but uh, historically this can't be true. Mm. Interesting. Yes, and uh, only the um, I, I mean, the our generation who hasn't been that influenced by them uh, are trying to like get away as much as we can. But uh, uh, the hard part about it is that uh, young people don't have power in this country. In any country, we are not in government. <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, but we are not in, not only in government, um, it's kind of um, authority is not considered amongst young people or they don't expect uh, talent or brain or anything. In our traditional culture, the older people are most respected and wise and smart and doesn't matter what they've done or how rude they are or yeah you have to respect your you elders. have to ha respect your elders and uh, the word counts more than yours doesn't matter anything yeah. so it's kind of unfair and uh, that it kind of slows down the development because uh, it's kind of a rude thing to say, but we are just waiting them to die so we can <laughs> <laughs> so we can like normally rule our country. Interesting. I mean, and I, I I feel like that's what's what's what I think is more interesting rather than the death of the elderly. It's the fact that there's this like. <laughs> <laughs> There's this global perspective in that same regard. Like, if you said that in any country, I feel like people could, uh, would be, like, would agree with you, you know? It's, um, it's... Of course, I well, mean... Younger, younger people. Well, yes, younger probably. people. But specifically how, like, that is a thing that is, um, that is global, I think. Um, how, uh, to, to tie back into how... 
not necessarily just globalization brings about these feelings, but the fact that these experiences are so transatlantic and trans, like, what's the word? Global? (laughs) Transnational. Transnational, exactly. In the sense that we can feel and express and and empathize that that human capacity for empathy is what makes us so unique and it's also what makes us so dangerous because that means that the same propaganda that works on me has a higher likelihood of working on you and it just matter it doesn't it it's it's just a matter of finding that niche and celebrating it or abusing it and it could be done by the same person for the same concept. Just like, yes, it's very dangerous. It is really dangerous, and the fact yeah. that it can be manipulated at any point for any reason is is part of the reason why these conversations and this the study in general is so necessary. But also why I find it very interesting that it's not actually pursued in a mainstream context it's not the type of critical thinking that people are encouraged to do not per se but um sometimes uh even though you might not be particularly taught about cultural memory uh you still know that you are influenced by the environment that you are surrounded by uh and uh, are exposed to um and also, like, I just wanted to recall the the destruction of monuments mm-hmm. that we talked about in one of our earlier episodes, that without even knowing of uh, culture, uh, cultural memory, or uh, even if, I, I don't know if these people knew it or not, but <laughs> uh, e- even out of the context of cultural memory, people have been going against what has been fed mm-hmm. to them and in the face of what has been go- what has been going on with the destruction of monuments and the uprisings in in the US <laughs> especially for the black lives matter movement and everything people are starting to like younger people or older as well you but really like, see it with the youth this yeah. new generation is essentially taking over and is like not tolerating what has been yeah. uh, forced down their throats anymore yeah, uh, which is promising. Yeah, they're like uh, trying to rewrite history, which is not yeah. like a new method of evolution. It's been always there, and it's it's good thing to do because yeah. um, a culture that doesn't involve just dies. It it has to go forward. You can never stay the same. Of course, you can keep traditions or connection with the past, but it should be connection with the past, not living in the past. That's the problem yes. about it. And, yeah, exactly. Um, yes, and it's not that uh, we don't uh, understand uh, the good parts that uh, Georgians liked about uh, or Americans liked about the past, but it's understanding that um, you should want to get better, you should involve, uh, and uh, it's natural that uh, your children will be better and more liberal and uh, more, I don't know, woke than you are. (laughs) A a progressive motion, just because as you learn more and you have access to more education and more learning, which is what we had the privilege of, growing up as a generation of the internet, Mm 
being able to connect yes. in the way that we have is so it's such a different it's al- mm-hmm. it's also a huge pressure to be um uh, born in this generation because uh, um in the past uh, when people made some kind of mistakes they made it out of ignorance and you could not blame them because they didn't have uh, the way to get out of that ignorance but now we know everything and we don't have any excuses you know and it's it's very hard it's very heavy and uh, it's hard to pick your battles when you see so much things that are unfair in this world yeah and that's why this this generation is very unhappy mm-hmm. to say the least and a lot of like mental illnesses are posed in this new generation like a lot of people have different uh anxiety or rep- depression uh disorders and etc and yeah because yes. we are expected to know everything because we literally have answers in the palm of our hands in the in the image of our phone but it's not that easy exactly. also <laughs> Uh, yes the pressure that we handle is humongous it's huge and um we have seen people who don't care and ignore the problems and we don't want to be that kind of people we don't want to be that kind of generation because we've seen that kind of generation and we were raised by this generation and when we see that we don't want to be like them we want to care we want to stay sensitive but uh, the problems are so many and uh, um, you can't fight everything and anything in the same time and yeah. um, you want yeah. to you actually want to that's the sad part you want to help anything and anyone but uh, when we don't even we we if we help some people when we see the people we couldn't help we feel helpless and weak and it makes everything harder the thing with what you were saying uh with what you are saying about like accountability and about like knowing and and like having all the information available to you that should be held that should be pointed that that idea should be pointed towards the governments and the ruling parties i was thinking just now uh, about the erase the erasure of the past and how netherlands has erased uh, their past of uh, slavery entirely. Uh, Like we talked about with uh, with Tanya uh, in earlier episodes, people like especially people who are in the government should should use all of the uh, informational sources that are now available to them and they should be held accountable for not not listening to the people for for what they want and not researching thoroughly what uh, like what the past is or not sharing the past and not upholding this um this idea that we should remember we saw that with our repatriation Uh, episode too where talking about things that belong to other people or the ownership of objects plays such a huge role in cultural identity and therefore that cultural memory because if you can't give up the Parthenon marbles or your indigenous statuary 
because it's too closely connected to your your current cultural your present cultural identity then you're you're conflicting with the reality or the quote unquote reality of your past versus your perceived reality of the past or the reality that you were taught because memory as we're i think coming back to again and again is something that we make. Everybody makes a different version of it. Yes. In cultural studies, there is also a term for this phenomenon. It's called cultural amnesia. Mm. It's social amnesia. When people forget the part of the past that they are not comfortable with or they are too traumatized by. When they have had too much to handle or they feel too ashamed for it, they don't make places of memory for it. For example, Great Britain doesn't uh, create places to empathize that they were um, part of colonization and they have played a huge negative part in other cultures because they they, they don't want to emphasize that. They are not proud of that. Even if they are proud of that they can't show it they want to leave that in the past and uh, empathize so queen elizabeth ii when uh, england was successful and great and uh, progressive yeah. and uh, because they choose those kind of things you can't remember everything in the past you only take the things that you want from mm-hmm. the past that's why cultural memory is ever-changing and history stays the same we every generation every society just picks the things from the past analyzes them according to the present and then creates the or destroys the places of memory and social amnesia is a serious problem when it comes to this issue because even though you want to forget it you can't erase the past Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, there are some countries who have dealt with this kind of uh, hurtful past better than for example great britain uh germany has handled this very well they have created Mm -hmm. uh, many monuments uh the Museum of Jewish History, the Holocaust, even though it's part of, yeah, Muriel, even though it's part of their history, they feel bad about it. They may not have specifically then played that part in it. They could be the ones who were against it. They could be the ones whose family was murdered because when it comes to uh, totalitarianism, not only the enemies of your country are assaulted mm-hmm. the part yeah. of your country is assaulted and uh, Soviet Union has killed three times more uh, more their own people than any other uh, any uh, German soldier on fascist in throughout the history because yeah. they've killed the ones who did not obey them and so so did every uh, dictator every imperial Anyone who has played like uh, 
stereotypical evil role in history. So you can't have like shameful history, but you can learn from it. You can feel bad about it, and you can empathize those who has whose family members or whose ethnic group has been hurt by it. It's really important for development to do that, but not every country understands that. Yeah, and sadly, uh, sadly, even like now, uh, Germany has been uh, experiencing the surge of uh, neo-Nazi yeah. groups again. Well, the world is, yes. and I think a lot of that has to do with the 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 shame aspect of it. Um, in that, you're right. Germany did feel very bad about it for very long, and I wonder if that does have a, an adverse effect of people who want to be proud of the country but then have to, have to adopt all of the parts of it in order to, to be proud of it, and then what does that translate into? Is, is there a negative mm-hmm. due to it? I wonder, I wonder. Um, because we were at... Uh, <laughs> Elena and I were in Berlin, what, uh, two years ago. <laughs> Back in 2018, we were in Berlin. Yes. And the fact that we were there during German Unification Day was was just an odd thing to experience because it still feels very, what's it called? It still feels very separated, that, that East versus West. Uh, yes. And and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that you have there's a lot to reconcile culturally. And if you're we see it here in the States, if you're not willing to reconcile your past, then you will have a lot of trauma. <laughs> yeah. I think um when it comes to this, the problem is that uh, they identify with their ancestors too much and we yeah. do too uh, it's like we are saying that oh we lost the war i was not even born during that time we did this yeah. we did that like you are talking as if you did a part in it and when someone criticizes your ancestors you take it personally because they are criticizing you when in fact you've never done anything like mm-hmm. that like your for example ancestor did and uh, you should be um, and everyone should be understanding that um, this kind of uh, criticizing is not a bad thing or it's not insulting it's uh, just a part of history and a part of evolution we all went through a bad phases that's why society got better we learned from our mistakes and saying that someone from your society in the past made some kind of mistake doesn't um, blame anything on you it just says that uh, You've had uh, some kind of history, you uh, learned from it, and you got better, and uh, it's hurtful, but uh, you can turn this bad thing around, and instead of being angry about other people who are pointing it out, uh, just um, be better than the people before you, and help others, and be more empathic and kind. I think that's a beautifully positive place to 
to kind of wrap up this, the very, very brief introduction to what is cultural memory and what is collective memory. Thank you so much, Sebo, for coming on here. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. I've enjoyed this podcast very much. Yay! We'll definitely <laughs> have you back on Yay. as soon as we can. Yes. Oh, I'm looking forward Yay. to it. This has been... Yay! Yeah, for for everyone listening... Um, we love to hear from you guys and we mostly just want to know like what are some things that that trigger that cultural memory for you what makes you feel closest to your culture is it an artifact is it a story is it a vision or an identity or like what what do you mostly connect with when you think of culture or your culture specifically uh, for updates <laughs> and for updates uh, newsletters transcripts blog posts or whatever you can check out our website which will be live very soon <laughs> um, you can find us on you can find us on twitter at BYWArtPod. And on Instagram at BYWArtPod. You can also email us at BYWArtPod at gmail.com. <laughs> and of course, you can check us out on our Patreon. Patreon is the best way to support us if you like the work that we're doing here at BYWAP. Yay, come say hi. <laughs> Wash your hands and don't touch your face. And remember, oh, wear, and your wear, mask, wear your mask. Wear your mask. Don't touch your eyes. Just... Always use protection. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a mask. I mean, you should always be protected. Sure. I'm with with Zillow here. (laughs) And uh, when in doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Tidio. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. See you later. Alligator in a while. See you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.